Welcome back to Never Have I Ever Hosted a Podcast. I'm Danny, And I'm Clara. And today we will be discussing the seventh episode titled Never Have I Ever Been a Big Fat Liar. And we have not one, but two very lovely guests joining us today. Ramona Young, who plays Eleanor Wong, and Lee Rodriguez, who plays Fabiola Torres. Thank you for joining us. <laughs> Thanks for having us. And I just have to say, I didn't catch it on the recording, but when they were when they were signing in and we couldn't see their faces yet, it still felt like we were talking to Eleanor and Fab. So I really appreciate your commitment to your oh. characters. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. We are our characters. We definitely are our characters, especially like friendship wise. <laughs> yeah, for reals. We're 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 goofs. Well, yeah. before we get too far into our episode, um, why don't we let Joyce set things up for us? I've missed Eleanor terribly. And your girls too. I was so excited that I got to hang out with them yesterday. You hung out with them yesterday? Yeah. We had a fun gal hang. We baked cookies, we gossiped. I got to know all about their high school love lives. Love lives? No, no, no. They're too young for love and, frankly, to have a life. I know. They've grown up so fast. I can't believe they have boyfriends and girlfriends already. Excuse me? Who has a girlfriend? Nope. Nobody has a girlfriend. So who has a boyfriend? Eh, eh, eh. I promised I wouldn't say anything that I was told at the gab sesh. Does Davy have a boyfriend? Which is interesting because Davy is forbidden from dating until she's old enough to rent a car. Who is it? Is it Frank with the receding hairline? I knew it. The crossing guard? No. That dummy, dummy. Who is it? Nalini, calm down. She's not with Paxton anymore. Paxton? Mr. Cheekbones from the hospital? The, the one I caught in your bed? You found him in her bed? So you did know they were having sex? Oh. I'm confused. No, what? Oh, what? The baby's having what? No, 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 no. I didn't. I didn't have sex. I was lying. Paxton was never my boyfriend, and we never did anything. Yeah, yeah, she never did anything. She's as pure as the driven snow. No, really. I never kissed him or anyone. I lied to everyone, OK? I'm a big virgin fraud. Well. That was an emotional ride. Where shall I set up my cookies? So, Clara, what did you think of this episode? I love this episode. It's funny. I was reading your notes, and I, I, I will try not to steal your thunder, but I think this is one of my favorite episodes of the season, and part of it is because there is so much drama in it, and I think, right, like, when you have a comedy, I love comedies for being comedies, but I think the real meat of what you have in a comedic show is where you get to see the, like, real human element and the real sort of emotional um, center. And there's a lot of that in this episode. Um, I think seeing like how much Eleanor wants her mom to be like a mom and how deeply incapable she is of that, right? Like you, you see so much of the history of the way that Joyce has disappointed Eleanor in this episode in a very short span of time um, and that's something that I think like hits really hard. Um, and then it's nice for this journey that we've been on with Fab for, you know, seven episodes now of her coming to terms with being queer and then coming out to her mom. It was just, it, it felt like it was really nice to have that moment where it actually happened and some of the pressure was off. What about you? I think this is one of the more unpopular episodes of the season, but I think it's because it's kind of hard Crazy. to watch. I I definitely 
it's not my least favorite episode, but there are some pretty hard moments to watch, like Eleanor's mom coming back in the picture and just how she appears to have such a, a lack of awareness and emotional intelligence. Not only does she essentially out Fabiola, she also tells Davy's dirty laundry to her mom and, well, mm-hmm. everyone attending the bake sale for that matter. Um, they were these very hard moments to watch. And to top it, Joyce leaves again, leaving Eleanor broken up yeah. over her all over again. And I know Fabiola welcomes the excuse to come out to her mother, but it always sucks when mm-hmm, uh, people mm-hmm. feel semi-forced to come out to a family member before they're ready Um, A good rule of thumb that I have for queer friends is asking them if they are out to family members and or even other friends when I'm going to be around them. I'm sure she'll we'll get more into this later. Um, The episode also ends with Davy yet again, choosing herself over her friends. And I definitely think that there's a better way she could have handled the impending situation. But Lee, Ramona, what do you think about this episode? It was I mean, the bake sale in particular, that scene was so intense to film. Like, there was a lot going on. That scene, like, to film it took a long time. Yeah, like, it really hours. did. It really did. And P.S., uh, the actress that plays Joy, her name's Jay, is actually the most <laughs> sensitive, aware, smart, beautiful woman in real life. And uh, I I kind of feel bad for her because she has to play such like the opposite of herself on the show. But she is actually such a great human being, and she gave us so much like <laughs> dating advice on set. <laughs> she like knew so much, and she's like such a great mother in real life. I think that's the same episode where we made the cookies, right? Is yeah, it- that was the one where we ate oh, so much cookie dough. We ate so much cookie dough. Uh, like, at first, we were so excited. We were, oh, yeah, we're eating a bunch of cookie dough. Like, this is going to be a great scene film. Like, probably, like, four or five takes in. Like, we were, like, <laughs> sick yeah. of the cookie dough. Barely forcing ourselves to, like, pop, like, Emperor, chocolate chips Emperor, into Emperor our mouths. continuity, too. Like, yeah. we had to, like, kind of, like, eat the same amount oh, that no. we ate from the start. <laughs> so it was bad. It was bad. But I do have to say, like, filming-wise, although there was a lot going on, especially in the bake sale scene, because there were so many people, and we had such a short, like, tight schedule that filming was so difficult, but even so, it was probably one of my most favorite episodes to film because of the story arc and what was happening with the characters and how serious these problems are Mm -hmm. coming into fruition into the show. So for me, it was like one of my most favorite episodes to actually film. Yeah, it was like really I mean, rewarding. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like what you were what you're saying it shocks me to hear that this is one of the more unpopular episodes. I mean, I don't I don't know where you got that from, Danny. First of all, but <laughs> um, I talked right, to like, a lot of people. <laughs> um, but I think right, like that's. I understand what you're saying about, like, it's hard to watch those things. And I think there, I definitely have friends who, like, can't watch anything dramatic. They're like, oh, no, if, it, if there's going to be any amount of awkwardness, I can't deal with it. They're just, I don't know, too empathetic or something. <laughs> awkwardness. Yeah. Um, but I really love it, and um, I will defend it. I, I, per- <laughs> I personally yeah. like uncomfortable moments in comedy. I think it really elevates it. Me too. Yeah. Me too. It was so, like... I don't know, it felt so normal kind of like filming it, like those awkward moments. 
it just felt so close to me. I feel like I'm such like an awkward human being. So Fabiola was really not like her awkwardness definitely is a lot of my own awkwardness. And you were nervous about that scene, right? About filming the coming out to your parents. I was because I was alone. Like it was. Yeah. We're so used to filming scenes together that anytime we get a scene alone without either my tray or like each other, we, we freak out. We're (laughs) like, what are we going to do? So nerve wracking. Yeah. I'm glad, you know, how everything came out. It turned out really well. Yeah. (laughs) Well, we're going to start off, before we get into the episode too far, we're going to start off with a short game of Never Have I Ever, um, which we basically have to do because that's what the name of the show demands. Um, our version's <laughs> a little bit different from the standard one. There's no winners or losers. We're just going to answer every question with I have or I've never. And if people listening want to tally up scores, okay, go ahead. Whatever. You do you. Um, All right. Shall so- we get started? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So the first question is, never have I ever laughed so hard that I peed myself? I have. I have. I have. I actually haven't. <laughs> All right. I've had many moments where that's been the case. Not not like a, <laughs> not like a lot of pee, but like a little yeah. pee, you know? <laughs> I've had both. Just like a little, like, <laughs> I've had, Yeah, I've had, like, the pee where I'm, like, I thought it was little, and I was trying to keep it little, oh. and then like, and then I was just like, nope, nope, it's just, just all coming out. <laughs> just like, no stopping. I definitely had those too. I haven't had a laugh like that in a long time. <laughs> like the pee laughs. Like. Yeah. I'm more likely to if I'm scared or like nervous, like really nervous. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> When you're on a roller coaster or something, like, like the first time on, like, a really crazy oh, one, yeah. and it's just, like, right when you're about to drop, I'm like, uh, like. <laughs> oh, interesting. Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> All right, well, never have I ever thrown up because someone else did. I have not. I have not. I'm like, like, yeah, you know, like, at the side of, like, somebody throwing up. Yeah, first, but... no, that stuff doesn't bother me. I haven't either. I'm pretty sure you have, Nor right? I. No? Me? No. I'm emetophobic. That means I don't like to be around it. It doesn't mean that I am, like, I'm an empathy, empathy barfer. No, I just don't barf. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Empathy barfer. <laughs> I can count the number of times I've barfed on one hand. And I'm Wait, close to 40. So. <laughs> so none of us have? Have you? No. Said, yeah. Know. So no, none of us have. Wow. Good job, ladies. <laughs> okay. Never have I ever been catfished. I'm sure I have. In some sense. I feel like everyone's a catfish (laughs) to like a degree. You know what I mean? Like we're always post yeah, we're always like not a hundred percent truthful. Whether you're like avoiding how tall you are or you're like posting pictures with filters so I'm like when is it really considered a catfish or not a catfish I feel like I consider it like a catfish when they're pretending to be like an entirely different person yeah yeah that's Uh, that's that's what I'm thinking too it's like if they're just completely not the person in the picture well so I don't think I've been catfished in that sense, but I have a story to tell about a douchebag that um, you can tell me if you think it's catfishing, because I feel like it's okay. time for revenge. Right out of college, um, I, I, I went to a woman's college, and so when I moved to New York, and I was like, okay, I'm on here to meet people, period. And this guy 
had this whole MO where he was, apparently, I mean, I found this out much later, he wanted to find somebody who wanted to make friends, a girl who wanted to make friends on OkCupid, to mock them, and then sold it to collegehumor.com. <laughs> That's awful. That's just cruel. Yeah. So he's a bag of dicks, but is he a catfisher? A little bit. I feel like a little bit. Wait, wait. So on his ad or on his profile, he, he just like says, a normal I human being. Yeah. Oh, that's like beyond catfishing. That's like fraud. Like that should be like illegal <laughs> it, it, to like post them on college humor to like expose people like that. That's, that's so like, mean. He posted my address. Yeah, I moved. I actually that's moved before illegal. he did that. But yeah, that's how I got them to take it down because I was like, he posted my address. <laughs> yeah, no, that's um, that's humiliating. That's effed up. And then my ex-boyfriend broke up with me because of it. <gasps> I know. I'm glad to be rid of both of them. It's <laughs> the true. You're better off, yeah. honestly. I think okay. I have. I think I have. Uh, I'm not positive if I have. Like, I'm not positive either. So next question. Hopefully the answer is no. Never have I ever catfished somebody else. I have not. Okay, I kind of have. <gasps> Well, okay. not, not like a specific person, but but I've always wondered on dating apps, like, okay, <laughs> feel free to judge me. I don't care. But like, I've made, I, okay, so I met my boyfriend on Bumble. And I'm like, huh, I wonder what kind of girls are on Bumble. So I made a profile. I remember you selling this. <laughs> um, she did this while we were filming. While I was on set. Um, just for funsies, like, I made a profile of me, like, as the opposite sex so that I could swipe on girls and see, like, who's on there. But I deleted it the day of, but I don't know if that's considered catfishing or not, but I was just curious. I was just curious. <laughs> and I was very, like, impressed. I was like, dang, like, I have some stiff competition. There's a lot of really <laughs> good-looking girls out there. And then I deleted it. I was having a game night one time with, like, my friends, and uh, I have a friend that's married, and so both her and her husband were there, and they like, decided that they were going to make separate Tinder profiles to mess with other people. Just, like, what? for fun. <laughs> no. <laughs> but I get it. I get it. I mean, like, I feel like with Tinder, it's like, no one really takes it all that seriously. It's like, it's yeah. more of a hookup app than it is, like, a I want something real. Um, but I actually have catfished, and it was more, like, back in the old, like, MySpace days, I made, like, an account to get back at some, like, douchey guy. So I, like, pretended to be some, like, hot scene girl and like mess with them and then let them down <laughs> wait a minute you just brought back such a memory okay, okay. i have the truth is <laughs> we have always catfished people no i catfished too when i was in middle school and when i was in middle school it was yes. on, it was on myspace as well and i was a scene girl i pretended to be a scene girl because i just thought dude we're so cool what's a scene girl you don't it's know what like, a scene kid is no <laughs> explain it's like i can't explain it what is but it like it's like, like emo with like okay like that's what i was dark makeup emo. and like uh, like edgy I hair was, like cut your hair with a razor blade i always wanted to do that like okay. i always wanted my hair like that 
But there was this specific scene girl, and I was like, oh, my God, she's so cool. Yeah. So, and I also had my best friend. She also, we, it was like a thing we just did. We just followed each other, and we would comment on our own pages. So we looked, oh, like, no. so we, looked like we had more friends. Put yourself in your top eight. <laughs> oh, my gosh. But, yeah, that's, um, that's, that's hilarious. So I don't know who, I don't think I was catfishing anybody. You were just making, like, fake, fake friends. That, fake that's, friends. That's, that's, that's what it was. Wild. It actually occurs to me that um, I have done a form of catfishing in that when I, was, <laughs> when, I, when I was in middle school, we did prank calls, which are basically the same. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like, a, yeah, it's similar. MySpace is crazy, though. I miss it. Yeah. I feel like my MySpace got deleted by MySpace, and I don't know why. Deleted I had by some Tom? Good... Yeah. <laughs> it was after I, Tom's I <laughs> Tom is a crazy dude. He got a like almost arrested by the FBI for like hacking, and then it was like a humble hack. So they were like, mm, "We're gonna let you go on that." It was super what? weird. Humble you have to look hack. into it. You have to look into it. <laughs> All right, homework. Figure out what Tom's life is. Never have I ever dated a coworker. Mm-mm, I have not. Let me think. I've done a lot of odd jobs. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't think I have either. I have not. I I've had crushes on coworkers. But I I've never definitely have one. crushes, and I trust me, I've tried, but uh, no, <laughs> it never worked out. Oh, I definitely have. Like, I worked at Target for like five years, so they were basically the only people I knew. So it's like I ended up dating quite a few people. Um from there and like my last ex my ex-girlfriend like I met her there but she worked at the Starbucks in the like yeah that's kind of a cute story it was pretty cute (laughs) but yeah when you work around the same people every day for like a few years you just kind of end up dating but see that's why that's exactly why I've never done it I have like a hard line there because it's like if I have to see you in the office I've had some bad breakups, right? Like, <laughs> I don't, I don't want to deal with that and my paycheck at the same time. I've I've always been taught don't don't shit where you eat. That's yeah. what I yeah. Or and don't mix what is it pleasure with business? That's, yeah, that's, yeah. It, that's what I've been taught, uh, and I'm gonna stick to it because it's been working for me. Yeah. Um, so we'll see how yeah. that goes. Yeah, I'm, but it's good. I I've never. I don't know, or even had a, like a crush. I think what? I think because I feel like I'm really like like I really do not mix pleasure with business. Like yeah, even if they're I mean, even if I find them like super attractive, yeah, like I just like I don't know. I just I just look past it. I'll never say never. That's true. <laughs> never say never. Well, I feel like who who yeah. I work with. There's certain people that I would yeah, have exceptions I mean, for. Yeah, yeah. Like, what if you like work with? I don't know, like you're like celebrity. Crush. Yeah, like your celebrity crush, and they like happen to be single. Like it's like a hall pass. No, I, I probably still don't. And you're stuck on set together for like 15 hours a day for like five months. Like probably, like, I don't know. You don't never know. know yeah, man. you can never say never. But I feel right. Like this is there's so many there's so many celebrity couples who like met on set and then got married and then horribly divorced but <laughs> <laughs> like my and Liam Hemsworth 
I know. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. I know. Some of them work. Um, Freddie Prince Jr. and Sarah Michelle Gellar are still going strong. They've been together forever. Yeah, like 20 years at least. Uh, who else? There's a bunch of people, but I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of like a, I feel weird and quirky and odd enough in this industry that I kind of <laughs> want someone kind of more stable. Me too. Yeah. yeah. I, I recommend sound engineers. I'm married to one and very stable human beings. <laughs> that's Aww, awesome. that's great. All right. So we kind of already got an answer f- for you on this, Ramona, but never have I ever lied on a dating app. Oh, okay. <laughs> I've not. You have not? No. What the heck? <laughs> I actually haven't either. Like, I'm usually pretty, like, because, like, if I'm actually on a dating app, it's because I'm, like, I want to, to meet people that like yeah. me for me. Yeah. So I'm just, like, I'm just, like, 100% authentic about it. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, I think, like, there's certain parts you highlight of yourself. Yeah. But, no, I've, I haven't lied on a dating app. Yeah. Um, all right, then. I guess I'll just uh, get on out of here. <laughs> <laughs> this is a judgment-free zone. Yes. <laughs> just uh, get on out of here. <laughs> so fun here, Mona. Next one is Never Have I Ever Made an Embarrassing Video. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So many. Oh, yeah. Oh, me and Ramona actually made an... I, not too embarrassing, but a little embarrassing video the other day. We uh, did a rap battle. Oh, no. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> you you have to battle. send that to us somehow or post <laughs> it on Instagram. Davis. That was a good example. <laughs> it is a very good example. <laughs> no, can I don't remember. Uh, Ramona won. Just, I don't know just, who won. We were. I think you did. Lee's a very good freestyle. You got me, though. Maybe. <laughs> you got me. I can admit it. It was fun. <laughs> That's great. I definitely uh, have. I've made many. I, I don't think it's possible to to like get through life without having made an embarrassing video, especially when everyone has cameras on their cell phones, right? Like mm-hmm. it's just too I, tempting. I guess the real question is, is have you ever actually posted an embarrassing video and then later we're like <laughs> I'm sure, yeah. There are videos that I would be embarrassed about now that yeah. I posted at the time that I was like, oh, I'm so cool. Yeah. But like now yes. I'm like, oh my gosh, what was I thinking? I know too. Like I have a YouTube channel that I don't know how to delete. <laughs> <laughs> and I have like, just, I have like a, I've seen it. I have a few too. <laughs> yeah. Just embarrassed. Just me talking to the camera and thinking I was like Singing. a YouTuber. Oh yeah. Sing. So good at singing. Yeah. Also, like, I feel like when YouTube was like first getting big, like it was like everyone was just like talking shit about other people. Like that's what was popular on like YouTube. And so I know I have one out there that I'm just like, what? (laughs) You don't remember that? Like when like like say like when Miley Cyrus was super popular on YouTube and she had her little. I didn't know she ever was super popular on YouTube. Miley (laughs) knows what you're saying. Okay, I have it in, I have to admit something. Okay, fine, fine. All right. Time to confess. Well, okay, me and Ramona were having a conversation the other day 
I'm like, we were just talking about like people who just like send you mean stuff. Yeah, who take time no- out of their lives to like leave like mean you comment. Oh, and I was yeah. like, who does that? Why? Like, who has the time to do that? And then I had like this moment. I was like, <gasps> I've done that before. And it was, it was, I remember I did it one time and I regretted it the second I did it. It just because like I saw everyone else doing it and I was young. Like I was mm. like, maybe like 11, 12. Yeah. And I was like, oh, like, you know, everyone's hating on this person. So let me leave a comment. And like, after you I was like, so bad. I, I was, I, I completely flipped the script and I was like, I love you. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Oh Have oh. you seen, it was like a couple years ago where like Sarah Silverman was interacting with somebody on Twitter and like somebody said something really hateful to her and she responded in a very classy way. And then they like had a conversation and did a mediation and like sort of became friends. I do <laughs> remember that. It was something about like therapy or like getting oh, yeah. like, yeah, like getting like help if you need it, if you're feeling like sad. And then he was like the hater, whoever he or she or whoever was just like, Oh, I actually am feeling bad. I didn't mean to like be hateful. And then they became yeah. friends. It's just that you like, especially being young, mm-hmm. you see it so much. Yeah. Is that, like, and even now, like, younger people mm-hmm. are the ones, you know, making, like, the troll accounts and commenting just, like, hateful, weird comments. And it's just because, like, they see everybody doing it. I feel like they're still experimenting with mm-hmm. consequences of communicating certain ways. Like, they yeah. don't know, like, the consequences. Like, oh, you can hurt someone if yeah. you say something. Yeah, yeah they, and they will probably see it. Eventually, they'll get it, but it's, like, a learning experience, mm-hmm. I suppose. Definitely. Well, I think I haven't answered the original question, so I should. I've definitely (laughs) made an embarrassing video or like a hundred. I honestly, so uh, it's the same thing you were saying. Like, I'm never embarrassed at the time. And then later I'm like, oh my God, I was so sincere and so pathetic. (laughs) Why did I put that? Uh, I, I think about those, we, before we had our first podcast, we were just big fans of the magicians. Do you remember that like birthday video that we made for, for Jason, for the star? Yes. Oh my God. It's still up. And I see my like super sincere face being like, thank you so much for bringing this character to life. Happy birthday. I can't believe I did that. And it's there for posterity. Oh my gosh. I'm sure sure they loved it though. (laughs) <laughs> like to be honest they probably appreciated that yeah. <laughs> well I, I hope so I, I hope, hope so, so. That, was, that was an interesting time <laughs> uh, uh, alright never have I ever written fan fiction I have not fan fiction I have not I, I tend to like to make up my own stories versus like fanfic so that I've done, but fanfic itself, I don't think I have. Yeah. I have. I've, I've never been very good at it, though, and I always abandon it. Like, I'm like that person who, like, is like, I'm going to make this multi-chapter like chapter fic and then, like, abandon it, like, a couple, couple weeks later, never come back. I did a couple, like, Harry Potter drabbles in my, in my Harry Potter live journal community from, like, years ago. <laughs> um, but mo- mostly I, I don't get into fan fiction too much, but I did write one, like, full-on fan fiction when I was in, like, high school or early college over the summer. 
um, that was Star Trek fan fiction where, yeah, yeah, I know, I'm such a nerd, um, where the Vulcans and the Borg were, came from like a, a, a they had like a, a similar origin story. Super nerdy, okay. yeah. <laughs> no, that sounds good. That sounds interesting, actually. Fan fiction can be really good, but most of it's like questionable. I, I read fan fiction and some of the stuff I'm like, dang, this is like better than like the original stuff. Yeah. <laughs> have you that. have you ever read fan fiction about a character you played? I haven't thought about reading. I don't fan fiction. I don't think anyone's time. written fan fiction about someone I've played. They have. I'm gonna bring it up later, so we'll save it for that. Okay. <laughs> the next one is never have I ever been to a strip club. I have not. I, duh. Yeah, I definitely have. <laughs> uh, I don't think that I have. I feel so like I know. <laughs> You're not missing out. You're fine. But I want to I want at least say that I have been to a strip club. I'll bring you to a Chippendale show. <laughs> I wonder if they do those over Zoom now. Oh God! <laughs> I know some places do like drive-by strip clubs. That's so funny. They just get out of their car. Yeah, or they just watch from their cars. It's like uh, okay. a pop-up strip club. So yeah. like you strip in your window or something. <laughs> I haven't been to a strip club, but I do have a kind of funny thing. I like saw the first Magic Mike in theaters with my mom, and then I saw the second one in theaters with my grandma. And my <laughs> and my great aunt and my cousins and we were completely drunk off margaritas, so that was an experience. Oh, that sounds fantastic. That's fun. I saw um, what is that? Oh, what's that movie called? The one where she gets jizz in her hair. Um, There's something about Mary. Yes, I saw that with my dad. I didn't know what it was, and it I was like. 15. It was the most humiliating experience of my life. Oh, that's <laughs> not too no. bad. What, what was that one movie we watched? Oh, no! No, <laughs> you Stop it! You shouldn't be bringing anything up. It's on topic! Okay. No, it's not. It has nothing to do with not, strippers. That's true. We watched sorry, this movie, this else. French avant-garde movie called Love Together. We didn't know. It was on it, Netflix. We didn't know how intense it was going to be. It was literally, like, porn. It was literally <laughs> porn. We just, we, like, spent, like, two hours together watching porn. Like, that was what it was. We just, yeah, we didn't know. We it didn't was a know. good movie, yeah, but it was, it was very, movie. very... It was beautifully, very beautiful. Very beautiful, very pornographic. I have two very kind of, like, funny stories like that. For one, I saw Fifty Shades of Grey with my grandma as well, but... See, I see a lot of movies <laughs> with my grandma because... her grandma, yes, and this is so uh, hilarious to me. My grandma is... Is she something else? Like she, she, is. she made me take her to see uh, one of the Twilight movies so she could like oogle like Jacob with his shirt off. Oh yes. my gosh! <laughs> so I love I my grandma. I love your grandma. I love her too. She has your name, so. Oh, I bet you we would get along. <laughs> you probably I feel like would. get along with anybody's grandma. Oh, I hope so. That's what I strive to do. And then. <laughs> Kind of like similar to you guys watching the, the pornographic the film, my dad rented a movie <laughs> once and it was like, so it looked like some horror movie 
and then like about oh, like, that's a line yeah and i was just like this movie is really weird it kind of had that like soft core like music going for it i was like this is really weird and then like you just could we noticed like 15 minutes in we're like this is definitely a softcore porn and we like shut it off <laughs> but it was so <laughs> awkward I was like, what was it what was the movie it was like i can't even remember what it's called but it was something about like kind of like killer clowns on like a like a, a camp what? or something it seemed like such a knockoff of like any kind of horror movie and they're just but also so like weird. whose porn fantasy is killer clowns people yeah. have some weird <laughs> fetishes all right That's no judgment that. and no, no shaming all right last one sort of related i guess never have i ever been attracted to a cartoon character i have who i feel okay when i was younger i had a crush what what is their name what is it's it? the one Jessica Rabbit. I had a crush on Jessica Rabbit. My husband oh. did too. <laughs> oh, of course. Who wouldn't? I had a crush on SpongeBob. What the? Okay, that's weird. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> and I had a crush on uh, Porky the Pig. What? <laughs> that's too good. I'm very shocked. What about yeah. you? Have you had a crush on a cartoon character? I feel like I have, but now my mind's going blank. Like, after hearing those answers, hey. <laughs> I, I have. And one of them, and I feel like a lot of girls that I've talked to, is Max from the Goofy movie. I had a huge crush on him when I was younger. Yeah. Okay. And I had a weird crush on Ash from Pokemon, which now makes no sense because he's like the worst character but i had such a huge crush on him when i was like okay okay wait i have to add one more okay what's that one it's like a is it called shark tale is that the one with will smith shark tale i think so okay like the one like really hot fish and she had played by angelina jolie i think with the lips i don't know but yeah awesome I actually have a like a really weird one, and since you put your weird ones out there, I probably should. Please it's, help me out here. <laughs> it's a uh, Kovu from The Lion King too. Oh, he was the he was Scar's son. He, he wasn't actually Scar's son, but he looked a lot like him, and like oh, okay. <laughs> that whole movie is basically about segregation. It's pretty deep. Yeah, it's like Romeo and Juliet, but with lions. Yeah. <laughs> Which makes sense, uh, since the first one was Hamlet. I thought it was Yeah! Macbeth. No, Hamlet. Definitely Hamlet. My, my, so this is going to sound like a really weird brag, but my uncle is the foremost um, Hamlet and Disney scholar in the country, or was until he retired. What do you mean? <laughs> what does that mean? It means that he is, he is recognized for his expertise in both of those areas. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh. trust me when I say the original Lion King is adapted from Hamlet. <laughs> okay, what what other movies, what other Disney movies are adapted from Shakespeare? Okay, other than I mean... There aren't a lot of Disney <laughs> ones, but there's just a lot of movies in general. Like, Ten Things I Hate About You is The Taming of the Shrew. Um, right, right. At Clueless is... Um... That's Jane Austen, though. Oh, you're right, you're right, that is. Oh. There's... What is it? She's the man. Um, 
Oh yeah, which is much ado about nothing. Mm-hmm. Great. Yeah, and then um, oh my god, there's this one that's like my favorite. It's kind of more meta though. It's it's called Get Over It, and within the movie they do a musical of um, what is it? Midna- Midsummer Night's Dream. And it's amazing. Uh, uh, it has Kirsten Dunst and um, Shane West. And my favorite is Cisco is in that movie. What the <laughs> heck? The rapper? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and Tom Hanks' son. Not well, Chet, the other one. And I will add, one of my one of my favorite movies as a kid is based on The Tempest. It's... um. Uh, I just had it in my head, and now it's, I'm completely blanking. Um, Forbidden Planet. The like, so it's an old sci-fi movie from like 1960 something, um, and it was it was like the highest budget film of its era. Special effects terrible by today standards. Um, first fully electronic uh, film score. Lots of theremins, um, but it's based on The Tempest, which is my favorite Shakespeare play. So. There you go. Cool, cool. I love it. Yes. Definitely right. recommend Get Over It because it's classic. I It was slept on. So, Ramona, any any cartoon characters come to mind? Okay. Make them weird. I've thought about it. I can't think of weird ones. Did you have so a crush weird. on Olaf? Mm, I thought he was cute. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> Funny. I I really liked. I had a crush on Sailor Moon. I thought oh, yeah. Sailor Moon was super cute. Yeah. Definitely. But I, I can't think of any weird ones. I, I yeah. I feel like I had a crush on Jasmine from Aladdin when I was a kid. Okay. Yeah. Like who, <laughs> who wouldn't? I loved yeah. Mulan. Mulan. Yes, I, Mulan. Belle. I loved yes. Belle so much. Tarzan. Tarzan was cool. <laughs> Tarzan was dope. Yeah. Oh, Tangled, the one the one dude from Flynn. Flynn? Flynn no. Wait, yeah. Yeah. The guy? Yeah, he yeah. looks cool. He looks cool. Well he looks a lot like uh the actor who voices him, Zachary Levi, so it's winning. Nice. Spot on. They probably I wonder if they based it off of him. Probably. Yeah. Um, at least a little bit. So let's get into, so cool. let's get into the interview portion. We actually had an overwhelming amount of listener questions come in, so we'll try to get through as many as possible. I also just want to offer our congratulations that the show has been renewed. Uh, yeah, thanks. The fans Woo-hoo. are honestly so pumped, um, but also sad that, of course, it's going to take a while to come out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So my first question, which was asked by at least four different people... Other than Team Davy, do you ship <laughs> Bevy or Daxton? How about you first, Lee? Or Bexton. Or, or Bexton. That's the best one. I ship. <clears throat> okay. If I really. Oh, no, I can't. Or Bexton. You can say <laughs> yeah, Bexton. Yeah, But we have to give people the reels. We have to be real. <laughs> okay. I'm going to be honest. No, no hard feelings All to. Right. To Darren or Jaren, but I am Team Baby. What? <laughs> yes. I did not know that. 
this, you know, this was, a, this was a kept secret. My mom's team, baby. I'll say mm-hmm. that. You, if you, if you listen to the other podcasts, I've, I've laid out so much, <laughs> as I call it, evidence <laughs> about how much I ship them. She really does call it evidence. <laughs> <laughs> so I love that. Ramon, about what about you? Um, Bevy Daxton or Bexton? Truth. Oh, a hundred percent Bexton. If it. if I could choose, that would be so entertaining. Wouldn't mm-hmm. that be like the best end game ever? They just end up together instead. They were just like, "Hey, forget about Davy. Uh, I'm in love with you, Ben. Yes, I'm in love with you, Paxton." And then they live happily ever after. That would yes. be such a plot twist. It'd be yeah. So cool. Yes. No one would see it coming except for me. <laughs> <laughs> so. Well, qu- quite a few people also wanted to know what your favorite scenes were to film. Um, and what your favorite scene was overall in the finished product. So, like, if there's a difference between the ones you filmed and then what you liked watching. Uh, Ramona, why don't you start? Okay. One, the first thing that came to mind when I thought of favorite scene, um, one of my favorite scenes in the show was when I saw the, um, sorry, I'm (laughs) Kamala and the dad. And they were on the moped, mo, Mohan, and they were on the moped, um, yeah. and they were, they were going down like that windy road. It was like a flashback scene, and it that like scene made me cry so hard. Wait, what's 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 Porna's character? Well, it's not. Oh wait, no. Yeah, 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 not yeah, yeah, yeah. not Kamala. Sorry, my bad. Yeah, <laughs> it was the scene where they were like driving down like the coast at the beach, and she was just thinking about like. Uh, like selling the moped, but then she was like thinking about like all her memories with it. That like moved me so much. Nalani had a lot of really good moments. Yeah, she did. Nalani. She does. What about to film? Yeah, to film. <sighs> there were so many good ones. Classic. Okay, anytime. Anytime Lee, me, and my tray are together, we always just like laugh endlessly and go over time um my favorite scene was the montage with like the bears on the sex scenes and doing the kegels i could not keep a straight face could not keep a straight face like that whole day yeah they were they were getting mad at us they were we were were goofing on we were just laughing we could not stop laughing we could not keep it together we just couldn't it was a fun day though i loved it what about you, Lee? Okay, my fi- I have so many scenes that are like really nice to watch. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think about the scene that really, really like touched me. I know that there. There was a scene. Okay. Okay, I know that Nalani had a lot of really amazing moments. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, come on, there has to be one. Um. I really loved. I'm black. Um, I can't. I can't think of my favorite scene. Okay, you know what? I'm just gonna say my favorite. <laughs> I'm like milking this. I can't think of what's my favorite scene. There's too many. There's yeah. There was like like a lot of really good moments. Okay, I I, I know it's one with Davy. Um, I think just anytime like she- oh 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 okay, it was the moment with 
Davy and Mohan the first time that she saw Mohan. <gasps> and and yeah, yeah, and it was like like her dream. I think that was really like touching and it was really like Wait, the one where like she thought she saw her dad and it was like her uncle or whatever or like No, 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 no. Is it the one it where was, like, Ben had called her an unfuckable nerd? And then she sees her oh. dad and he says you're beautiful. And he's watching John McEnroe on TV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's that that's that episode. Aww. Yeah. I think that's either the first episode or the second episode. I think I don't, I don't I think it's the first. Oh wow, yeah, it's the first episode. Like that that scene was like it just I don't know, it tied that episode together so yeah. beautifully. That was so good. I loved that moment. And then my favorite scene to film would probably be um the tiktok dancing one um, <laughs> like everybody had a good time like mm-hmm. like learning the dance we were so committed to getting the moves down mm-hmm. and just filming it we were so hyped and then like everybody like the crew they were all dancing yeah and everybody was just so excited to like see the dance and i just yeah. felt like we were like at a little talent show or something that was good. It was so fun. That, that was a really fun one to see come together um so another popular question is what do you hope for your characters next season um and then some hopes for the second season in general um something that i want to see eleanor go through is like what if her mom comes back again after like failing Mm -hmm. as an actress except this time like eleanor like has to learn like the hard way to like not let her back in you know, like, how is she going to emotionally deal with that in a way that's mature? And another thing that I want to see happen with Eleanor is I want to see some, like, love drama. Hmm. Like, I feel like she's too, like, stable in her relationships. And I want to see some, like, some stuff go down, you know? Yeah, some drama with Eleanor. Yeah, as I far as, that. like... I, Eleanor to have a narrator, That'd be so cool. That's one of our questions later. I need Eleanor to have a narrator. I want to know what a life, like a day in life is like for Eleanor. Same with Fabiola. That's so cool. It'd be cool if every character started to have like narrators. So I think we should punch that question up. I don't know where it is, but I think you should just jump into it. Yeah, so... I was going to add one of the questions later on was um, if you had your own standalone episode, who would you want to voice you? Somebody actually tweeted that who they thought should voice Fabiola and Eleanor. I forgot who they said. For mine, I said, like, I think during our first episode, if Eleanor had one, I'd want it to be Aquafina. <laughs> That's exactly who I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sure, Aquafina. <laughs> Aquafina or, or um, Constance Wu would be good. Oh, my God. Yeah, That's one that somebody tweeted. Yeah. Who did they said for you? She, okay, this... Okay, she was in the one uh, Harley Quinn movie. She was in the new Harley Quinn movie. Who, Margot Robbie? She, uh, she was like this... Was it the Black like Canary? Black, no. Black Canary? She was like the cop. I don't oh, the, cop. the cop. Oh, the cop. Oh, shit. I, I don't remember. I think... Viola Date. Wait, no. no. <laughs> I think a great one for Fabiola would be Tessa Thompson because she is 
queer in real life and she's also Afro-Latina, so. That would be badass because I love her. Oh, I would love that. I hope that they could get her. (laughs) I'm going to throw one more in there, which is Tawny Newsom. I think she would be great. (laughs) I feel... Who, what is she? She's in Space Force. She's in Space Force. She's in a lot of stuff, but she's in Space Force most recently. She plays the, like, uh, helicopter captain. We're looking it up. She's been Bajillion Dollar Properties. That's also, if you've watched that, that's maybe a more iconic. Her. Oh, she kind of looks like you. Ooh. She's really funny, so I feel like it would be like she's a comedian. That's her background. That's and... good. I I like that. All right. I like those options. Yeah. Thanks for the recommendation. <laughs> I know. Uh, all right. I think I've lost where I am in the script. Oh, audition stories. Tell us your audition stories. <laughs> First. I'll tell my wife's story isn't all that fascinating. It was uh, basically like a run-of-the-mill audition of the day. Um, I went in. There were a bunch of other people in the auditioning room practicing their lines silently to themselves. And I sat there and I watched them and I was like... You just watched them? I was like, I'm going to go in. I'm going to get this. And then I went in and and I did my scene and... The funny thing was, like, after I was cast, Lang was just like, we watch your audition tape, and just nobody, nobody was as weird as you. <laughs> and, and we just knew that you were Eleanor. And I was like, thank you. That's so I cool. love that. That's great. That's uh, good. What about you, Lee? Okay. Mine's, Okay. So I did a self-tape audition with my manager, and I remember in the description, it said that Fabiola dressed like a helpful Honda guy. So <laughs> I got a blue polo, a bit, like an oversized blue polo. It didn't fit me. I got it at like, the thrift store. And um, yeah, I, I did like a self-tape audition, and I honestly thought I did so terrible. I kind of like forgot about the audition afterwards. I was like, yeah, okay. And that was, that was, that was a cool one, but I kind of like left my mind because I, I, you know, didn't really think that I would get it. That's kind of bad to say, but I, I didn't think much of it until like a week later, they were like, Oh, like, um, they want to offer you the role. Like, do you want to do it? And I was just like, really? Like they want me? P.S. <laughs> I've seen Lee's audition video and she killed it. So I don't know what she's talking about. <laughs> People want to know what your favorite thing about your character is and if you relate to them. So, Lee, why don't you go first? Uh, I kind of like how, I mean, she could be a little bit intense, a little bit, like, nervous and awkward. Um, and just kind of like how I would say she's pretty confident in her polos and overalls oh, yeah. and like, she just rocks it. Like, honestly, I feel like Fabiola kind of thinks she's the shit. I'm not a lie. Like, I feel like she's pretty confident with, like, you know, dress-wise and appearance-wise. And, I mean, she's in robotics and all that. So, um, wait, no, I can't really relate to that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> relate to that. But you know what? I appreciate it. No, I relate to her awkwardness. I relate to her awkwardness, to her intenseness, 
and just kind of how like like the way that she anticipates like like how she anticipated coming out just like I anticipate everything mm. like if it's something big especially like that like I I think it over and over and over and over and I just it just takes me a while to like kind of say things I just anticipate a lot so I definitely relate with her on that in that sense Hmm. you're also super supportive as a friend and Fabiola is really supportive as a friend yeah yeah um I love that okay the thing I love about Eleanor is her sense of fashion her her Mm. fashion sense she has the best clothes she does I want to take everything she wears um and her like her how do I say her courage to just be Mm. like flamboyant and theatrical like she's not afraid to like be big and expressive and I love that about her um something that I relate to her about is that I think underneath it all Eleanor is like a very sensitive like soft kind of person and soul slash friend and I feel like I kind of relate to that Okay, so one of your co-stars, one of the members of the Hot Pocket, wants to know which Hot Pocket member is your favorite. Oh, Trent. Trent. <laughs> That's Danny's favorite, so too. Funny. Oh, so Trent funny. Trent is great. It was actually Dylan who asked that question. So I, knew I knew it. it. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. Dylan. He wanted us to say I knew him. he was like, oh, we please say Dylan. Yeah, no, we hang out with Dylan all the time. We love Dylan. He's he's definitely (laughs) trying to bait you. (laughs) Um, If NHIE was to have a musical episode, what would you want your character to sing? Like a musical song that already exists or like our our own like song? Probably a musical (laughs) song that already exists. An original? I mean, if you want to sing an original. (laughs) I would sing. Memory all alone in the moon. Is that cats? Yeah. Okay, I would sing them. Um, think of me. Oh, think of me fondly. And I'm at the opera. Okay, you know what? And I would also sing another one. Okay, bro, bring it on. On my own, pretending he's beside me. What is that from Limerick? <laughs> Limerick. <laughs> <laughs> it is from Les Mis. <laughs> okay, what's the song that's like uh the Tiger Dreams? What? What? <laughs> the lion sleeps at night? No, never mind. Move on, move on. I jokingly said a couple episodes back that Eleanor should sing a version of reindeers are better than people but it would be That's robots true. are better than people about fabiola that oh, is so clever i love that That's so clever <laughs> it could work <laughs> i've heard that mindy and lang are really like collaborative with the actors while creating the characters what was that like for you and is there anything interesting about that that you'd like to say okay i don't know if this is a conspiracy But, like, I once posted a picture of Tennessee Williams on my Instagram. And then there was this scene where I had to audition for a play in Never Have I Ever. And that scene was from Tennessee Williams. And I was like, 
<laughs> like, are they like? Ramona's <laughs> <laughs> lash is falling off. <laughs> well, I think Ramona Get just away. fell off. <laughs> <laughs> we got to end this, dude. I'm falling apart, but. <laughs> Okay, okay. Okay, just keep going. Just keep going. <laughs> Wait, can we show like a side view of the last? <laughs> go turn sideways. Wait, wait, wait. Sideways. Do a profile. Do a profile. I'm just trying to show how much the lash is coming off. <laughs> okay, okay, anyways. But, okay, mine, how they were kind of collaborative and kind of similar. It's kind of like my own conspiracy is that, okay, my dad on the show name is Victor and my dad's name's Victor <laughs> so I feel like they did some digging I feel like they know everything about it I feel like they did some digging I feel like they <laughs> okay I'm just gonna pull this off <laughs> all day uh, okay. all right. I noticed so- that like a couple of the characters are like that like uh, Mr. Shapiro is played by Adam Shapiro and uh-huh. um, the drama mm-hmm. teacher is uh is Chris Schleicher. Schleicher. Yeah. Yeah. I always side eye that stuff a little bit in TV shows. <laughs> I feel like they were probably written for them. <laughs> and then like and then Paxton's character like wasn't half Japanese and then they made them half Japanese because yeah. Darren's half Japanese. Like there's a lot of like interesting little trivia stuff. And the after use. thing. What the after? after? Like yes. the after book. Oh yeah, what's that from? Because Darren, like a lot of like um like fans of like the after books yeah. wanted Darren to play i forgot his name but they had like okay davy was in the bedroom and she was reading one of the after books in the dream sequence i am mind blown i'm mind blown they're good yeah (laughs) yeah that was pretty pretty good one i i noticed it right away but a lot of people didn't they're like i don't know what you're talking about (laughs) yeah that's crazy i didn't just know (laughs) (laughs) all right what song would you say was your high school anthem Depends which part of high school, um, ninth through tenth or eleventh through twelfth. Ninth through tenth, I was very, um, I liked Alicia Keys. I liked mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. some T Swizzle. I mm-hmm. liked, um, yeah. And then like eleventh and twelfth, I was very much like, like listen to that bad bitch stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah. the, like the, I don't know, like Cardi and uh rihanna rihanna and some some i don't know some hood rat party <laughs> songs honestly it was like it was just a cool thing to do in high school um anthem anthem school anthem hmm, hmm. <laughs> you know how you were stuck on that one question with your favorite scene mm-hmm. that's how i feel there's so many with songs this song question Okay, I'm just gonna say, Barney, I love you, you love me. <laughs> we're one, we one big happy family. That's that's my song. It's a good choice. Thank you. <laughs> so I have two questions, one for each of you, um, that are actually both from my dear friend slash ex housemate Eileen, who is a Chinese American badass. Um, 
The first is for Ramona. I am so imp- she, this is what she said. I am so so impressed with the variety of projects she's been a part of. What advice do you have for East and Southeast Asian actresses and actors trying to make it in Hollywood? Um okay, so I guess going along my journey of acting, I've heard I've met a lot of other Asian American actors and actresses that are kind of like they kind of use their ethnicity as a way to like as like a reason to like not go for their dreams like oh I'm not gonna make it because I'm Asian or no they're not gonna cast me because I'm Asian and I've heard that like growing up and even like my family like telling me like oh you're you're trying to be an actress like you're Asian like Hollywood is like you know they they have like a type a look that they go for and so I don't know, like hearing that, like didn't make me lose hope. It made me want to fight harder mm. and it made me like want to like go harder. And it made me, I don't know if it's cause I'm stubborn or whatever, but like, I just never let any of that get in my way. And every time I heard that, I'm like, oh yeah, well, let me show you then or watch this. And I always like never let that stop me or let that make me in- insecure. That's good advice. So the second question from my friend Eileen is for Lee. She said, I read that Lee wants to become a screenwriter and promote stories of color. I do wonder what kind of storyline she had imagined for season two in regards to that and coming to terms with her sexuality as a black multiracial queer character and what you hope the audience would gain from the storyline. Okay. So the question was, what I would want, what if I were to write my own storyline? Yeah, what would yeah. it be? Oh, what I would really love, me and Ramona were actually talking about this, is that, um, okay, being a multiracial queer girl in high school, um, and you know, by the end of the season, open, um, I would say to continue, I'd want to continue the like a real story of what that is like in high school. And, like, things that happen. And maybe, like, her and Eve kind of go through some hardships together. But they, like, you know, find find a way to feel empowered and maybe, like, become, like, activists for LGBTQ rights in, in the community. Or maybe even start a club or something something along the lines of that. Which I feel would be, like, I think would be really empowering. Yeah. Like, you're going, like, watching especially for young people, like, watching that, going through the same thing, seeing, like, okay, like, they're going through a hard time, and then, um, like, this is kind of what they do to, like, empower themselves. I feel like that would be a really great story. Yeah. They should let you write it. Yeah, well said, well said. Yeah. That would be really awesome, and I, I like the idea that, like, and I realized when I was rewatching the episode, I also realized that, you know, Fabi, Fabiola only comes out to her mother. So I'm curious as to what that mm-hmm. conversation would be like with her, her father and her brother. Yeah. And I mean, she accidentally outed herself in front of like majority mm-hmm. people that go to her, especially the cool people at her high school. So I wonder what that's going to be like for her when she goes to school. Yeah. I mean, to it. yeah. And, and also like, um, in the last episode, uh, when uh, Eleanor, Fab, Eve, um, Kiers Brosnan, uh, was Oliver there? Oliver was there, right? Yeah. yeah. Oliver was there, and um, Ben, 
Fabiola, she had like her little like her her necklace. She had like a little rainbow necklace. Oh yeah. Like and I feel like that was her just like signifying that she was like out yeah. and like open and like proud. Mm-hmm. And so hopefully she can continue to like be that, like be open and proud and like just I, I just would want the real story to continue on. Yeah, there's a lot more story there. Mm-hmm. There's so many different ways to go with it, too. Well, the next question's yours, Clara. Oh, okay. Uh, I, oh, sorry, I missed that one. All right. Real talk, what was high school like for you? And was it anything at all like what we see in the show? Uh, I grew up in, the, in a military family, so I went to about five different high schools growing up. Oh, wow. Wow. Um, so high school was definitely different, I say, not just from like Eleanor, but from like most people. And in high school, I've been, um, because of that, like experienced in like all the cliques, like I've eaten my lunches in a bathroom stall. Mm -hmm. I've been the popular girl. I've been in the anime club. I've been in the sports team. Like I've done like all the different cliques. I've been a band geek. I've been in the orchestra. Like every different school was just different, like a different experience, depending on like who was in the school, which area of the school was in. So I had a pretty wild high school experience. I feel like that gives you a lot of material if you were to ever like kind of like write your own like high school story because you know all these different sides of it. Yeah, it would be. Yeah, as an actor as well. For sure. I definitely try to, like, utilize it, utilize my experiences as much as possible. It might make an interesting book one day. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Hmm. I would say so. Thanks. What about you, Lee? My high school experience was a mixture of, I mean, Fabs, of Eleanor's, of Davies. Like, I was very, I had, like, my awkward moments in high school, especially ninth grade. Um, my high school was a performing arts high school. It was a really small school. And I kind of had to, like, like, I mean, the cool kids were the theater, like, the theater heads. Those were the cool kids. And so I, awesome. I, was, I was very much into, like, theater, and I wanted to be a part of, part of the plays. So I would audition, and I would sing at rallies. And so I, I somewhat got some, got some coolness. Um, so yeah, I was, I feel like for the most part, I was pretty well known in my high school, but I was also like, I stuck to my, my like two friends. Mm-hmm. I was definitely, I always like hang out in threes, like, like a friend group. It's just, I don't know, just what I always did, um, in high school. So I would say I was well known, but I was also very introverted and very quirky and very awkward when I would like talk to people one-on-one. Aw, that's cool. <laughs> I was a lot like that as well. Like, like I knew a lot of people, but I was very like to myself and in my group. Mm-hmm. So we always ask this question: What are your Hogwarts houses, and what do you think your characters' houses would be? I know that John McEnroe says that they're all Hufflepuffs, but I really don't. I don't think I can agree with that. <laughs> what do you think they are? I want to know. Well, oh, I do this think, is an entire other section. <laughs> I mean, it is, but that's just between us. Um, I think that Eleanor is a Hufflepuff, for sure. Like, she actually is a Hufflepuff. I Aww. think Fabiola is a Ravenclaw. And 
I'm gonna get controversial here, but I think Davy's actually a Slytherin and not a Gryffindor. Oh, I stand that for sure. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, <laughs> she's a her her kind of braveness is is a little too reckless to be a Gryffindor quality. I think she's yeah. aiming to be a Gryffindor, but she has not right. Like, I mean, I think that's she's kind like of what that this person that about, says right? that they like, are. No, no, I think she wants to be. Like, I think she does, but I think she's just, right, like, she's not she's not actually brave enough yet to do that, right? Like, she's not brave enough to own who she is, and so instead she makes, she lies about it. She's sort of, like, she is a little bit out for herself, but it's not, it, I don't feel like it comes from a bad place. I think it just comes from her, like, trying to figure out who she is and deal with her trauma. Well, so being Slytherin is not a bad thing. <laughs> exactly it doesn't mean that you're evil and trust me my boyfriend reminds me of that every single day because he's a Slytherin he's just like Slytherins are not bad they're just like they like to scheme and I'm like okay I get it you've told me a million times they like to scheme <laughs> wait do you know where your house is me yeah like I've taken the Pottermore quiz and I want to retake it but it won't let me and it says that I'm a Hufflepuff like in real yeah. life I can't remember my house I can't remember. I literally just took it recently. I think you're either Gryffindor or Ravenclaw. You know what? I think I remember being a Gryffindor last time I took it. Yeah, I could see that. That sounds, that sounds like I could see that. There's actually a really cool one that I've seen where, like, someone compiled all of the possible questions from Pottermore and put it in one, like, quiz. Because you know how it, like, branches off to, depending on what you say on the previous mm-hmm. question? So this one compiles all of them, and then it gives you a percentage for each house that you are. I think Ooh. it was really interesting. Yeah. That is a lot. <laughs> yeah, it's a long quiz, but I, I think, think it's I've cool. actually done that one, but like ages ago. Yeah. I want to take it. I'm not convinced. I'm not convinced that I'm like a hun- Like I feel like I'm a Hufflepuff, but I'm not <laughs> sure. I'm not sure. I, Griffin I want to Griffin Puff. Yeah, Griffin Puff. <laughs> Uh, we call one of my dogs a grumple puff because <laughs> he's always barking, but he's kind of a huffle puff otherwise. Aww. I can definitely send you guys the link for yeah. the, the full quiz. We'll send, it, yeah. we'll send it to your publicist and they'll be so confused. <laughs> put it put it on the on the Twitter thing, on the thing so people can take it. Yeah. I can definitely do that. And I can uh, like yeah. DM one of you guys the, the actual link. All right. So we're very close to the end of the interview. Related question. Do you know your astrological charts? Like sun, moon, rising? Oh, no. No, I don't, I don't know any of that. <laughs> Unfortunately, I, always, I, I know people who know Who are really into yeah. that, but I'm not. When are your birthdays? November 28th. So that's, is that Sagittarius or is that? Yeah, Sagittarius. Yeah. Okay. My birthday's in August. When in August? Augusty. Okay, so you are a Leo. That makes total sense. <laughs> yeah. It's I think it's really interesting. I actually like Clara had never ever heard of it basically and I, That's not quite true. I mean, okay. I definitely heard of it. I only knew my sun sign. <laughs> yeah, but we went to a psychic in Venice Beach, which was awesome. And like so a lot of the times they'll like bring up your birth chart and read your tarot mm-hmm. cards and all of that. Because your birth chart basically gives them the insight to be able to make those assumptions about you. But she was just like, her mind was a little bit blown. Like, 
at how accurate some of it was. Mm. That's so cool. Yeah. What are your sun signs? I'm a Capricorn. And I'm a Virgo. Right. right on, right on. Yeah. Both Earth signs. Uh, we send each other a lot of Earth sign memes. Yes. <laughs> All right. Last one, right? Yes. So this isn't exactly a question, but... I've been tasked with asking Ramona if she's aware of all of the ships that have spawned for Eleanor on the internet. The most popular one is actually Paxton and Eleanor, all a a high school musical scenario. (laughs) And the other one is Trent and Eleanor. Have you heard of them? And what do you think about that? Wait, what? Trent and Eleanor would be great together. That's actually a really good ship. Yeah. We need to contact Lang and Mindy. Yeah, these right people now. are geniuses. I don't know how they come up with that stuff. Trent and Eleanor, that's such a great that's ship. That's so crazy. That's, that's, wow. I'm for it. Uh, yeah. Me too. I we, we have this theory that, like, um, Trent is secretly a genius, so I just you feel like it theory. would be funny. <laughs> You're the one I don't that put agree. it in my mind. No, I, I put it in your mind by saying that I thought he was pure of heart, dumb of ass, and then you were like, but he's smart. <laughs> No, he's like, he's one of those people who seems like he's kind of a little bit book smart. I mean, he's in an AP history class, but he's just not common sense smart. And he's very like... She thinks he's smart under the giant cloud of marijuana smoke that surrounds him at all times. (laughs) He reminds me of that character kind of from The Good Place that guessed what The Good Place was because he was so high. Oh, yeah. Oh, shit. What was his name? Oh, well. I can't remember it. It's like we'll it I later. like the Trent and Eleanor ship. I yeah. really like that. I never, I've never thought of that Trelinor, before. That would be so good. That's why I would love that so much. Me too. I, I just, want. I just want, I just want some some romance, some romance. You happening. know what? I really like that. Like I'm yeah. really for that. Yeah. <laughs> I do feel like like Eleanor would have a very dramatic breakup with Oliver. Like, oh, yeah. She, she doesn't seem destined to be like, you know, her first boyfriend is her her everything. I feel like, though, it's not going to be like a bad dramatic breakup. Like her her dramatic breakup is that she's going to she's going to be like, I I know that you're so sad, but I promise you, your heart will go on. <laughs> and then yeah. maybe start singing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Oliver's like, OK, that's yeah. fine. He's be like, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> all, all right. right so we're gonna get into the deep dive of the episode the first thing that i want to talk about regarding this episode is jonah for the most part i really like him he was a friend and an ally to fabiola when she was figuring things out and a friend for eleanor as well but the thing though that i've noticed is he doesn't really seem to be too keen on davy and he definitely has good reasons to be that way but what i find troubling is it it kind of feels shady just how anti-Davy he is. Like, Davy, she fucked up big time, and he's right to be, like, sus about her. But in the episode, Eleanor says Jonah told them to cut Davy out because she's toxic. And it feels like a little much for someone who just became their friend. And it seems like he may have gotten in their heads because the girls do decide to take a friend break from her in the very next episode. And I... I just don't think it's fair of him to immediately decide that. And I feel like since they mention that he said that, I'm sure it's in Davy's mind every single time she holds back what's going on with her. I know I just got deep about this very small <laughs> detail, but what do you think, Clara? 
Well, so first of all, we were just talking about Hogwarts House. Jonah is clearly a Slytherin, 100%. Um, I mean, I kind of wonder, I feel like he has his own reasons that go beyond the way that, um, like, Davy treats Eleanor and Fab. Because, right, like, she knew he was gay and still was like, I'm going to date him for status. And I'm mm-hmm. sure that got back to him. I mean, there's nothing like that that doesn't get back to you in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's pretty. that's a pretty shady move, frankly. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I think, like, I think he has very good reasons to not be to like be upset by her i also kind of think that eleanor and fab are presenting it are like amplifying it in the way that they present it because they're mad at davy so i'm not sure how much of it is like him actually trying to cut davy out versus like giving them advice on like you need to stand up for yourselves and them being like mm, <laughs> we have a new friend now mm-hmm. yeah i think the line in it was we think he was, a, or did did I say, oh yeah, he's applying that to you, or he meant that, re- like, yeah, yeah, yeah he's something, something about you, but he, yeah, can apply Did I straightforwardly say that, or did I yeah, say, like, oh, I think yeah, he yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's, you. you said he straightforward said it. Okay. Hmm, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't, I never really thought, thought about it, to be honest. Honestly, I didn't. Um, what is there to say? <laughs> this is this is what we do. We pull apart all of the little details. I also feel like, so when you're, right, like when you make a new friend and you're bitching about another friend, mm-hmm. right, like, and there's none of that context, right? Like all they know is the, the negative things that you're saying, right? So your new yeah. friend, I think there's also like a lot of pressure to just kind of like agree and be supportive. And yeah. sometimes you can go too far in that. Especially, and I feel like, Jonah didn't have a chance to really see Davy's side. So if he's yeah. just, and this is like the Hufflepuff within me trying to like defend him. <laughs> but like, if he didn't really hear Davy's side and he's just hearing yeah. like Fabiola's and Eleanor, like current stress about Davy, like I, I would see that a new friend who's like trying to be genuine would be like, well, maybe Davy's not the best friend she can be. You know, I could see yeah. that. Well, yeah. and like, I will put in one more never have I ever question. Never have <laughs> I ever uh, trashed a friend's ex only to have them get to be- back together. I mean, yeah. I'm oh. always. Because it's basically that situation just without the romance. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I've had somebody do that to me, like trash one of my exes. And then you got back and together. Got back together. Damn, how'd you feel about your friend after that? You know, okay, you know, like, when you're, like, really heartbroken over someone, and you're just kind of, like, talking all this, like, everything bad that they did to you. Yeah. And then you get back together with them, like, the next day. Mm-hmm. It was kind of one of those, like, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, we, uh, yeah. we made up. Uh, yeah. You know? I've had situations like that, but it was definitely a little bit different. Like, it was more of an abusive situation, so mm-hmm. it was it was very much, like, like, I mean, I didn't ever hold it against her, so I was always just trying to be there for her. Mostly my friends are usually right about anybody that I'm with. Like, if they trash them, they're usually correct. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I feel like I've had friends break up with people who are toxic, and I never, I never try to throw anyone under the bus. I'm always, like, very, like, 
objective standpoint, this is what this person has done. This is how you feel. So maybe yeah. you guys aren't compatible. Like that's how I like always try to like place it. But I have had situations where I'm like, well, maybe you guys aren't compatible. And then they wind up together again. And yeah. then in that case, I'm just like, okay, I'm staying out of this completely. Yeah. yeah. I think what you were talking about is, is the way that it has to be, but you learn that later in life. So like bringing it back to Jonah, he's also like a 15 year old boy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know that he has the emotional maturity to play therapist. There's right. also the possibility that it's coming from a place of he's been burned by somebody else. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Projecting she- that. Mm-hmm. So I also think he's like, especially desperate to have fab as a friend because right. Like she's also the only other gay person he seems to know. Mm-hmm. so true so another thing we have to talk about is Eleanor's mom obviously, uh, obviously. she doesn't seem to have a lot of emotional intelligence which, get, which gets her into these hot water moments in the episode she definitely speaks before she thinks and constantly makes excuses for her own behavior and I thought that there were moments in your performance Ramona that were just so nuanced and, and powerful is there anything that you brought to this situation and dynamic that Eleanor has with her mother? Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, Eleanor's relationship with her mom, like I connect to very strongly personally. Um, I grew up with a single parent and, you know, like I have to say, like my mom had to being an immigrant, like my mom being an immigrant and being a single parent, she had to sacrifice a lot of her dreams in order for me to like have food on the table and in order for us to have a place to sleep, you know, like she was a mom of three. So it was very difficult for her. So like, I, I feel for her and I get the situation where you're seeing your kid do so much better. And you've just like, I'm sure like a part of you like feels like, Mm. Oh, I've had to sacrifice so much and I feel so unfulfilled, but I've had to out of obligation. And the only difference is joy. Joy is what would happen if she, I guess, gave up those responsibilities. Whereas like my mom didn't, but I wouldn't say she was like necessarily happy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. One thing I I sort of picked up on when we were just talking is I think that Eleanor is so emotionally intelligent, but there is the like speaking before you think thing that I think she and her mom have a little bit in common because there've been a couple of those moments. I mean, there's, there's the one that we just talked about with her like blurting out that, Jonah said to cut them out um but I think there is like earlier in the it was in maybe the second episode first or second episode where they're like sitting at the lunch table and she makes some comment about like oh now nobody now you're not going to be just the person that everybody pities Davy, right and so there's there's like a couple moments like that where I think you can actually see like that she's she's made a lot more strides and she's she's dealing with her emotions in healthier ways but there's definitely some habits she gets from her mom yeah I think definitely Eleanor is a very dramatic and emotional (laughs) person and I feel like yeah sometimes that gets in the way of her thinking logically before she speaks yeah I didn't quite relate 
to exactly what was going on with her relationship with her mother, but I also have a very strained relationship with my mother for so many reasons that I don't feel like getting into at the moment. But I really took her storyline, and I honestly, I feel like Eleanor doesn't get enough credit or love on the show. Um, I I think everybody loves her. I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) You don't talk to people the way I talk to people about the show. (laughs) Anyways, that's between us. Um, (laughs) The more that I watch the show, though, that's just like the more I notice like little things about Lenore that I just love so much. She's so strong willed and it takes so much for her to break. And so it really sucks that when she does break, Davey isn't there for her. Um. Do you have any thoughts on Eleanor and or her relationship with her mother, Clara? I mean, I think, I, you know, I have a complicated relationship with my mom, too. And I mean, I think a lot of a lot of people do on different levels. And so there's something for, for almost everyone to relate to there. Um, but I do think that there's a particular pain in feeling like your parent doesn't see you or doesn't value you or I mean I think we're so conditioned to believe that we should be the center of our parents lives and that is definitely not the case for Eleanor she's definitely not the center of her mom's life and I I don't necessarily think that that's a problem like for her not to be the absolute center but I do think that it's not that her mom is really unhealthy in the way she deals with it and really unkind and self-centered and not great at like she she doesn't it's not like she makes up for it in other ways right she just she shows up she flakes and then Eleanor is left to hold the bag yeah and I feel like that's why it's really hard for Eleanor to even form a relationship with her stepmother that she references quite a few times in the show because it seems like her stepmother's really trying and she's just like "Mm, no hmm um, so, Lee, do you have any thoughts about the Eleanor storyline? Yeah, I'm curious. I want to see Eleanor's dad. Mm-hmm. Eleanor's dad. And Eleanor's dad has a, gr- has a girlfriend as well. I want to see what her home life is like. Yeah. So I feel like it would be really awesome to, for, like, there to be a, a day in the life of Eleanor. I would love that. I could totally see it being, like, a, um, do you see Crazy Ex-Girlfriend? No, a little bit. Um, so when Greg, like, he talks about how terrible his family is and how awful they are, and then he takes, um, I'm blanking on her name, she's the best character, but he takes one of the other characters home with him for Christmas, and they're just, like, so doting and loving. I could kind of see that being what's going on (laughs) in Eleanor's home life, because she's just got that big gaping hole from her mom that she probably can't, like, she can't accept the love from anywhere else. Yeah, I now want Eleanor to be with Trent. <laughs> You're still stuck on wow, that, Eleanor. I'm on that. Huh? I Eleanor. Let's make it happen. Love for that to happen. Let's. Yeah. <laughs> it is Joyce's colossal screw up that brings us to our other important plot point, and that is Fabiola coming out to her mother. She takes it in stride, but Fabiola is essentially forced to come out because of Eleanor's mother, or at least she feels a lot of pressure to. And I'm really curious if she had that conversation with her father when she got home, because we don't really get to see that, um, or if it's a conversation we will see in the future. 
And I kind of think, though, that her father knew what she was going to say at the family meeting because he kind of, Mm -hmm. like, stopped her mother from continuing and is like, well, thank you for telling us, like, that you switched. Yeah, come to think of it, I feel like, yeah, maybe he secretly knew. Yeah. Like, there was such a moment with the father, too, like, the look in his eyes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Um, But I just feel like you can see just how much poise and care that that Mm -hmm. you brung to the performance um so lee what is playing fabiola like meant to you and how did you feel about her storyline throughout this episode or even overall playing fabiola um she felt really really close to me um definitely a point in my life um you know figuring out who i am my interests um being just like, you know, comfortable in my own skin or just being like who I am out loud. Um, And I feel like I'm, you know, still like discovering myself. I mean, as a 20 year old, um, I definitely like a lot of the things that she was going through and just like how she was is kind of like how I am now. So playing Fabiola was pretty, close to home and pretty close to me and how I am so um I mean while filming I was constant I was so nervous us always constantly <laughs> filming because it was like my first like big project and so I was you know I I was really really happy with um how everything turned out and just people's response to Fabiola as well and I feel like I've learned a lot from Fabiola and I, she's, she's definitely has a place in my heart. <laughs> That's great. Um, how do you feel about her, her storyline as a whole? Like, were you happy with where it ended up? I wish, I, I wanted to see them go on a freaking date. I wish, they, I wish they would have done that maybe in season two yeah that would have been so cute i need to see Mm -hmm. i need for eve and fabiola to go on their romantic date okay Mm -hmm. i also want to see them go on like a disastrous like triple date of some sort (laughs) oh my god you mean like with uh you mean with um eleanor and well, we'll say Trent, uh, and, say Trent. <laughs> and uh, Davey, and I guess it's probably Ben at this point. Who knows? Hopefully. I feel like <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if Fabiola has one of, like, she had this moment with Eve where she kind of, like, blew up on Eve because, like, yeah. Eve was kind yeah. of, like, hinting. Yeah. So I wouldn't be surprised because she's still, like, you know, she's yeah. barely, like, open. I'm sure that she's gonna still have like those kind of moments of like yeah it can be really tough for people who have been out for a while to have a relationship with somebody who just came out well and also my impression is that like and granted this is just like an instinct based on what little we have in the show but I kind of feel like Eve was never really in the closet right like she was one of those people who just yeah always felt comfortable in her skin like her there were lots of uh queer people her parents age in her life she just felt like, okay, I'm just, you know, I'm just me and my parents fully accept me. And so I think it'll be interesting to see her come up against that with somebody who didn't have that experience. Hopefully she like helps Fabiola through it and it's like yeah. a big support for her. That would be awesome. Yeah. 
Yeah. I would like that. I love the scene where um, Eve's, Eve said that she came out by tweeting, me gay now. Oh, yeah. So funny. <laughs> that was such a beautiful scene. I love that scene. Yeah. So, Clara, what are some of your thoughts about Fabiola's storyline? I feel like you don't even need to ask me this question because I talk about how Fabiola is my favorite character like every single week. Oh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> I just... I love me. I love me a queer science nerd. I mean, that's basically me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's you dressed up like Fabiola. I did. I and I mean, to be honest, I don't actually like cosplay ever. It's just that I literally have these clothes because that's who I am as <laughs> a human. Awesome. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no. I mean, I just I think it's. Uh, I think she's the. I think she's such a fantastic character. Um, I love seeing her journey. Um, I love, I mean, I also just love a character who has to come to grips with her emotions, which I think is what Fabiola is a lot, right? Like, it's so fun to me that, and also so natural to me that, like, she and Eleanor are besties, because I feel like that's all of my friendships. Like, I've always been the, like, you know cold standoffish one I guess people tell me I'm intimidating and I find it very weird um <laughs> but it, they keep saying it so it must be true and it's I not have true like, you're the sweetest person ever thank you um but I you know I always have friends who are like super emotional uh Danny's probably the friend who is most like me that I've ever had <laughs> um and I, that she's also an earth sign I have like a like I'm definitely one of those people with like a resting bitch face like I've been told many many times like man I, I, I didn't think you would be so nice and it's always so off-putting when people say that kind of stuff and then mm-hmm. I'm just like I'm just like a super emotional person like just not on the surface like, yeah, yeah. It's very insane. But like, I know you guys aren't into astrology, but like, so many of my close friends are cancers, and I'm an Earth sign, and cancers are like the they're like the stereotypically cry over everything types. Oh. Um, <laughs> so I feel like that is very like I, that's I love that dynamic between Fab and Eleanor, and also I totally identify with the Fab side of that. <laughs> I just think it's such a and I also just think it's a powerful journey right like when you have to that is something that is an important part of like growing up is being able to open yourself up and be vulnerable and so I I love that we're getting to see that with a character who is a high school character because frankly you don't get that very often yeah Mm -hmm. so there's a lot of truths being told in this episode Davy finally comes clean to her friends about Paxton I'm curious if she hadn't had to fess up because of her mom, if she would have ever told them. Like, Davy isn't the best kind of friend, but she's also a teenager, and most teenagers are living in their own world. And I think I have two real friends left from that period in my life. Um, I was so, like, angry with Davy though, at the, the, the end of this episode for abandoning her, her friends mm-hmm. again. And I feel like she really needs to just learn to be more upfront. Mm-hmm. She should have told Paxton, like, hey, my f- best friend just got left by her mom again, and she needs me. Uh, and I feel like he would have understood, or she could have called Paxton and been like, hey, like, what is it that you need? Like, what's going on? And then she could have at least explained to her friends that she needed to be there for like an hour or so to make it up to Paxton and then she can meet up with them later at her house. And I just feel like 
Davey just doesn't think these things through. It was definitely like a catch-22 situation, but I feel like she just hmm. thought like her friends will definitely forgive me. And she felt like her chances with Paxson were just not as good um, if she said no to him. So she has a lot going on, and I really do feel for Davey, but she just doesn't think things through sometimes. I've rambled about this, but Ramona, do you feel what happens between Davey and her friends? Um, have you ever been in a situation that's similar? I mean, I definitely had to, like, make tough choices in my life where it's either, like, one or the other, you know? Yeah. I guess through through that and through experiences you always learn how to like say no to people mm. and that's something that's so hard to do because I'm I like I personally am a people pleaser and if I feel like I can do both I'm gonna try to do both so that everyone's happy you know what I mean and like I think Davy's intentions are well like I think she honestly wanted to be like okay I'm just gonna go there super fast and then I'm gonna come back and I'm gonna do everything without really like thinking through like oh what if I only can manage like one thing so I don't feel like her intentions were bad I just feel like sometimes people without that experience feel like they want to do everything and they try to do everything at a time and sometimes it just blows up in their faces yeah and sometimes you just want to go especially like being young and like not really being in that situation a lot you want to go with the most tempting choice. Like, it may mm -hmm. not be the best choice. But you can justify it in your head. <laughs> yeah, it's the one that's, like, pulling at you yeah. most. Because, um, yeah, I mean, her friends, she probably just assumes that they'll just forgive her and they'll yeah, understand. Exactly. Because they're her friends. And sometimes, it's, I mean, it's unfortunate, but, like, that's what people do to the people that they care about most or care about them most. They kind of, like, push their feelings aside or, like, they kind of are quicker to kind of like treat them bad before treating someone that they yeah. you know like or or are dating bad yeah that's true yeah it's kind of like do the thing first and like try to ask for forgiveness later yeah, yeah. and yeah. trying so hard to impress Paxton yeah. like she's trying so hard to like have him like her I've been yeah, I've been in both situations, both like the friend and yeah, like kind of like yeah. picking the person I was dating over like my friendship and I did it like, and it was like unintentional, but I would definitely spend more time with the person that I was with more than like my friend and my friend would be like, Hey, you're not like, you know, hanging out with me as much. Yeah. Mm. And I had to like learn kind of like I, th that, like with that experience is definitely like a learning experience that you can't like, you can't just ditch your friends for yeah. someone you're dating. Like, it's not cool. Like you like, you have to be able to like, have a good balance of both so I feel like that's like a especially yeah because like w like also being a people pleaser too and wanting to go with the most tempting choice it's it's a tough situation so honestly I had some like relatability to Davy, like knowing she was not making the right choice but also understanding why she made that choice yeah and knowing that it was like it was just it's tough. And in the end, Davy was right, because Eleanor and Fabiola did forgive her. Only so. because Ben stepped in. <laughs> Don't <Yes>. tell her. <laughs> uh, you know, it's, it's really funny, because I think uh, it was interesting to me to hear you describe it as a catch-22, and then to hear... I, I wouldn't say that I'm not a people pleaser. Like, I definitely have certain of those tendencies, but I think that I am 
more comfortable saying no than a lot of than a lot of people like I, the ways that I want to please people are different yeah and one of the things that sort of I find a lot and uh, I promise this is not said without judgment I do think there's a certain aspect of both the type of people pleasing that I do and the type of people pleasing that sort of that you're describing in Davy here that is a about ego right like it's about wanting to you want to please everybody because you want to be the one who makes everyone happy um whereas right like you could totally say like she could totally say no to Paxton and he probably would understand and then he'd you know some he'd find somebody else or they'd reschedule and she wouldn't have made him as immediately happy in that moment by just sort of like caving to him but it would have been a sort of more a move that had greater integrity, I think, overall, and that right, like set laid the foundation for a better relationship in the long term. It's a little bit different, but it kind of reminds me of like a situation where you get in where like, you know, your your ex or something like texts you out of the blue and you're just like, you know, you shouldn't reply. Oh, yeah. But like you have to because you have to know like what they have to say. So those are stuff. So, like, tough, juicy situations where it's, like, like all of your rational thinking just goes out the window and you're just, like, you just want to know. You're just, like, curious. <laughs> I hate what ifs. So if I can get an answer to anything, yeah. like, I'm going to choose that. Well, and I actually, I think that's a really good point. I think that's a big part of what it is for Davy is that her thinking is, like, what if I don't show up and this was my one chance with Paxton? Yeah, exactly. That's... <laughs> She thinks that that's, like, the final straw with him, whereas, like, with her friends, she thinks she still has some cards right. to play. The thing that she's not thinking about her friends that she should be is, uh, what if I go hang out with Paxton and this is the time my friend most needs me in all of her life? Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Davy, I think you made the wrong choice, but also, we understand. Yeah. <laughs> so that was the meat of the plot for the episode. Um, I had a couple other random thoughts. Like I just was like, Trent and Eric are like the best side characters. I love them. And so this, <laughs> this episode actually made me want cookies when I rewatched it. So I made some. <gasps> yes. <laughs> but I already ate them all. <laughs> it was a small batch though. I only made six. What kind of cookies? I made a oatmeal chocolate chip. Ooh, healthy and delicious. Yeah. <laughs> I may have ate some of the cookies that were on set. Really? Yeah. Even after See, all that cookie dough? That was a um, different like day. Like the bake sale? Yeah, like the, the bake sale. Like, I was, oh. me, it was me and my tree. Like, we were like, um, we were, it was like the, the top of the scene. We were like, I'm pretty sure I dared you to like eat a sprinkle or something. I was I just wish. like, I dare you. <laughs> and you did it. <laughs> If oh, you... me and my tree kept poking at this one cookie. Yeah. Is it the kind of cookie that has the, like, soft, like, cream on top? It might have been, because it was a squishy cookie. Oh, yeah. If you but give we were... Leah a sprinkle, she will only want a cookie. <laughs> <laughs> that was a great sound bite That was there. great. <laughs> so does it... Anybody have any more thoughts about this episode in particular or just anything relevant that you want to talk about before we move on to fashion? Oh, let's move on to fashion. 
Yeah, I'm ready. I don't got anything. Well, I have to say, we actually normally kick you out for fashion, but we'll, we'll ask you one question first. We have two questions, but one's not. Oh, wait, who are we kicking out? We we normally leave guests off for fashion. You can stay if you want, but it's been almost two hours, oh, and I want to give you guys a chance to like eat dinner. I was like, I'm ready to talk about. We have that. a part that goes on basically because it's just us going back and forth, and like it's too much. Um, I I understand. Um, <laughs> <laughs> thank you for having us. Well, yeah. we do, hang on, we do have two fashion questions for you first. Before we say goodbye. If you could steal anyone's wardrobe on the show, like anyone, regardless of gender, whose would it be? Eleanor's. Eleanor. I love Eleanor's yeah, fashion. Absolutely. Every okay, imagine okay, me and Ramona's trailer doors were right next to each other. We both come out at the same time. I come out in my everyday same polo shirt, like or or a similar like polo shirt, pants yeah. that were like high waters. Like khakis. And every day I'm just popping out my trailer like, like so ah. cute, and I'm just like coming down the stairs. <laughs> Gosh, damn it! <laughs> so I would definitely, definitely, yeah, steal Eleanor's, and I'm sure Ramona would also, yeah, steal Eleanor's. Eleanor's fashion gave me life. It was the best fashion. Yeah, I love it, but I could never pull it off. <laughs> Oh, yes, you can. <laughs> I actually kind of dressed like Eleanor in high school. I mean, I had, like, I didn't have a fashion sense in general, but, like, when I would dress up, I had this one, like, floor-length yellow skirt that I just loved and wore everywhere. Um, like, awesome. sunshine yellow. And I had a couple long sleeve velvet shirts, <laughs> which I feel like are very Eleanor numbers. Yeah. I was an all-black emo kid when I was in high school so so cool I didn't know how to dress myself honestly I I didn't know how to match clothes I was very I'm I'm still very trying to learn more about fashion I'm not good with fashion I'm very very bad at pairing clothes yeah um I need a stylist honestly I need a stylist for probably my everyday dressing because I do not. Wouldn't know. that be nice? I right. You just, you just had wake a up? stylist that just dressed you every day. I wish because I do not know how to dress myself. I, I actually on Twitter the other day saw somebody tweet, "It is twenty fucking twenty. Where is my smart closet that picks my outfits every day?" Oh yeah, <laughs> the clueless closet. <laughs> Where is that? That'd be so nice. Uh, all right. So the last thing before we have you go, is there anything that you want to plug to our audience? Anything not NHIE that's coming up for you? Um, no, actually anything. Okay. anything. Okay. Come okay. on. Now's the time. Right. Um, coming out with some music. Lee's right. coming out with some music. I'm dropping some music. She's dropping some music. Um, and, uh, yeah, it'll be on all streaming platforms. Follow her. Follow at me. me. Rodriguez. Two Z's at the end, not one, two. And, um, yeah, just keep up. Keep up, you know, check up on it, I guess. Yeah. That's, that's my, me plugging in my, my music. I am writing a feature script. It's called Roja Rises. I want to get it made. I want to get it produced as my goal. I want to act in it. I want to get it done. Follow me on Ramona Bish Young. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's so good. She Lee's vouching for it. So good. 
So yeah, I go. can't wait till that. We're gonna get it done. All right. excited for the future projects i do want to say that before we have you go that like the the hairstyle with the two buttons that eleanor wears in this episode is like my favorite look that ever. was wasn't that your idea to do it like that oh i yeah they they really let me creatively be like what do you want to do with your hair today so that was a lot of fun it's because you're the weirdest person they've ever seen. No one's weirder than you. No one's weirder than you. When we saw your tape, we just knew no one was going to be as weird as you. You know what? <laughs> it worked. It yeah, worked. It Whatever works. It's like the Jughead quote. I'm weird. I'm a weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> I'm weird. I'm a weirdo. <laughs> and we're out. Yes, on that note, thank you so, so much for joining us. This was a ton of fun. Uh, I hope we didn't keep you so long that you're hangry. Uh, but no, have a this wonderful... has been so much fun. Have a great thank evening. You thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Welcome. Welcome to SlayerFest 98. I'm your host, Ian Carlos Crawford. SlayerFest 98 is a Latinx-run, queer-centered pop culture podcast. We discuss every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer in order, but we also talk X-Men, the MCU, and everything else nerdy and or gay. And sometimes I'm joined by... Hi, I'm James Marsters. Trixie Mattel. Anthony Oliveira, hello. Ming-Na Wen. Emily Nascow. Summer Bischel. Charisma Carpenter! Kirsten White. Hi, Amber Benson. Latoya Ferguson. It's Claire Kramer. Adam Sass. Jane Espenson, hi. Hi, this is Stacey Abrams. We can be found on Spotify, Google Play, Podbean, Apple Podcasts, and anywhere else podcasts are found. You can support us on Patreon to get access to our private Facebook group, patron-exclusive episodes, and more. We can be found on all social platforms at SlayerFestX98. Make sure to say hi. Any and all support is much appreciated. So let's talk about fashion. Of course. So Trent is almost wearing the same partially jean jacket that Fabiola is wearing in the very next scene. It's just a different (laughs) color hoodie. Um, But I actually really like Fabiola's outfit there. Um, I also like Eleanor's. Um, I love Davy's pajamas and their like oh sleepover God. scene with her little hairband. They're it looks, so cute. It looks like so warm. Like all of them are wearing like full like pajamas, flannel. Like, yeah, basically, I love all of their pajamas. I love Davy's outfit when she visits Eleanor's mom with like the pink shirt and the skinny jeans and the the pink reddish flannel that she has tied around her waist. Mm-hmm. Eleanor's mm-hmm. definitely going for Britney Spears in the One More Time video with her oh, yeah. her pigtail braids. 100%. It's even a similar outfit, but it's just a different color. Davy's outfit here with the brown tartan pants, maroon shirt, and black floral cardigan is not good. Like, it does not go together. I was like, oh, this is too much. You judge Davy's outfit so hard. So, Davy and Ben are very similar in that they have really good, like, pieces. They just don't know how to put them together. Is this part of your evidence? Definitely. <laughs> they, they actually match a lot. They wear a lot of similar clothes. Davy's big brownish yellow cardigan uh, with the gray pocket shirt and the skinny jeans. I love that outfit that she's wearing during the, like, bake sale. Mm-hmm. Um, Fabiola's tan jacket that she's wearing oh, yeah. towards the end of the episode. I love that one. Uh, and then Davy's wearing this, like, vibrantly colored sweater that, like, has the different color blocks. 
Um, and like I said to Ramona, I love Eleanor's like lemon shirt and her hair like that. Like I love the little pigtail <laughs> buns that I can never do. I've tried so many times. Well, I, uh, you took a lot of the outfits in this episode, but there were two I wanted to call out. So, um, even though it's just overalls and like a buttoned up all the way to the top, uh, dress shirt, I love Fab's outfit. Um, obviously to you since I basically tried to recreate it. Um, I also (laughs) really like her mom's, her mom's dress that she wore under the apron at the bake sale. And this is such a, like, I feel like such an old lady saying this, but I've been shopping for sheath dresses like <laughs> for a while for the um, bookshop that I do some interview events for. Cause I, I like, they're a little bit dressier and that mm. one was fire. Just the, I love the, like the little, like they're not exactly pleats, but the little like um, design on the collar. I thought it was really great. Um, Davy's high-waisted shorts are a real no-no to me. Um, I actually think that Davy dresses better than I think you do in general. Um, but I'm so sick of all the high-waisted stuff. And part of this is that, like, I just had to replace a bunch of my jeans. Um, and, of course, we're in quarantine, so it's not like I could wear, I could, like, go try jeans on. I just had to buy them. And everything is high-waisted right now. Like, that's the fashion. And I fucking hate it. Like, yes you know, it doesn't matter how much paunch you have, it will be hidden by the high-waisted jeans, but also it's so uncomfortable. <laughs> it's so I uncomfortable. I love high-waisted stuff. Um, I mean, like, because of quarantine, I'm not really wearing much of that. I'm pretty much always just in sweats, but... High-waisted stuff looks... It looks good, but it's so deeply uncomfortable. And I'm somebody who, like, I have a very short waist. Like, I just... There's, like, three inches between my rib cage and my hips. Um, maximum, and well, so I'm really I just... short. I have the tiniest little frame, so for me, I like high waisted pants because they actually hold up better than anything else. They do, and it's the same thing, right? Like it's because they're it's because they're sort of conformed to a different silhouette. And as that... long as long as we never bring back low rise jeans, I like low rise jeans. No, but see... like butt crack heaven. Okay, but okay, you have you have you are not curvy. I am a curvy person. Trust me, it works differently when well, you have. That's why just normal length, like normal hip mid, jeans, mid rise. I mid-rise. mean, that is the best. That is the best. Okay, I, so I do like high waisted though. From a fashion standpoint, I prefer. Yeah, it just it's not. I mean, it looks good if you're curvy. It looks good on like anyone, but it. It is really uncomfortable to wear if you're curvy. I do hate high-waisted shorts, but that's because I hate shorts in general. Like, <laughs> I hate shorts. Like, I don't give a shit how hot I am. I'm probably not going to wear shorts unless they're, like, pajama shorts because, like, they just ride up, like, nobody's business, and I'm just not a fan of that <laughs> at all. All right. Well, shall we hit one-liners? Yeah, I don't have too many, um, surprisingly. You have, like, eight seven or eight (laughs) which is nothing compared to how many i usually have it's true Um, this is a correct number so the first one is damn it my raisinets that's where i get all my freaking vitamins (laughs) eric i'm guilty of things like that like i i eat basically just only junk there's Um, you know that there aren't any vitamins in hot cheetos right there's cheese (laughs) Cheese is an essential food group. (laughs) 
Um, the second one is when you said your ideal man is James Corden and cats and that's Davy referencing Fabiola and how she shouldn't have been surprised that she was gay. And then Eleanor, when she said to her mother, Sharon took me to see spam a lot. <laughs> I don't even feel like I fully get the, I mean, I get what the joke is meant to convey, but I don't really know anything about spam a lot. Uh, I just love that they were both horrified. <laughs> yeah. And then Eleanor's mom, Joyce, when she said, I have excellent gaydar. I dated Nathan Lane for three years. <laughs> Which I feel like a lot of people probably had no idea what she meant, but. <laughs> and then Nalini, when she says, love lives? No, no, no. They're too young for love. And frankly, to have a life. Oh, it was so good. And then not long after that, she says, to Davey is it Frank with the receding hairline I knew it about like people flirting with her so I just want to step in here for one hot second and say that I've been noticing more and more I really think Davey gets her sense of humor from her mom from Nalini Nalini is amazing and just her delivery of things she's so good um and then Davey when she screams out I'm a big virgin fraud (laughs) It felt really similar um, to a line that I've heard in something else, but I can't, like, think of it. Like, it's like Mean Girls are Clueless or something, but I can't think of what the actual line is, but it feels really familiar. And then Fabiola's mom, when she says, I'm not embarrassed by your robots or your weird clothes. (laughs) All right. I actually, I was feeling really pleased when I saw yours because I had all totally different ones um, from my notes. So one is Jonah saying, I'm a baby, I'm a baby Buttigieg. I don't know how to say that last name. Um, And then Eleanor, Jonah's really wise. He told me a bob haircut would allow me to play a child or an adult professional woman. (laughs) Um, Also, Eleanor, Jonah said I should ignore her because she's a liar who committed postal fraud. (laughs) And then Joyce, uh, Eleanor, please stop running away from me, even though it's a very cinematic way to emote. Um, And Nalini, Oh, I'm sorry. I was too busy saving my patients' lives from melanoma. Think Mrs. Fields could do that? And, of course, Joy again. That was an emotional ride. Where should I set up my cookies? Yes. All in the delivery. (laughs) So, now we're on to MVPs. And mine was actually really hard to pick this time around. I, like, really wanted to give it to Porna because she's absolutely, like, such a scene stealer. Uh, like, she gives this stare to Davy as she walks away after lecturing her that I just died during. And then in the chaos of that is Eleanor's mother, she smashes a cupcake in her hands. <laughs> but she's only in, like, three scenes, so it didn't really feel fair to give it to her. But she definitely is a scene stealer. I feel like I'm going to give it to Ramona, though, because she shows a lot of, like, just so many different ranges in this episode. Yeah. Like, she, there's so much to her story that it really doesn't feel like it was just 30 minutes. Yeah. I really wanted to give it to Lee because I feel like this is the culmination of her storyline in a lot of ways, and um, I have really loved it. And as you know, I've given previous episode MVPs to Lee. Uh, but I agree with you, ultimately. I think I have to give it to Ramona. And for the reasons that you said, like... This episode really shows off her range. And even just, like, watching her face when Nalini tells, uh, says that, um, I'm sorry, when Joyce tells Nalini that she came back to L.A. to be in Hollywood instead of saying it was because she missed her daughter, 
Like, there's a lot that goes into just that one look, and I feel like that nuance is a big part of um, Ramona's delivery throughout the entire episode, and it's kind of her episode anyway, so yeah. Yeah, and I love how the parents are just so, like, not happy to see Joyce after all these years. They're just like, this bitch. (laughs) (laughs) So our last topic, uh, last time we talked about disciplines, but I've seen a lot of posts on the internet putting Never Have I Ever characters into the wrong Hogwarts houses, so we're going to do it. I like how you say wrong. (laughs) They're wrong. We're going to have... The deep Harry Potter sorting conversation, because we spend too much time thinking about house placements in this house. It works best because John McEnroe jokes about it in this episode, that they're all Hufflepuffs in reference to this series, Golden Trio. So like I mentioned earlier, Davy's obviously a Slytherin. Like, Mm -hmm. a lot of people like to put her in Gryffindor. And I get it. Like, I mean, I think she's an Aries, so she definitely has those same properties that would make her a Gryffindor. But like you said, like, it's like she wants to be a Gryffindor. And the thing is, is like, I mean, I think anybody that's a big fan of Harry Potter and like cares about Hogwarts houses is that shit can change. Like, you can change and and like reflect a different house, especially as you get older well, and this is the whole bullshit of the sorting hat system is that they get assigned one when they're 11 and they're stuck with it forever. So fuck yeah. that. Fuck that essentialist turf. And we're going to redo this. And that's what I always liked about the magicians, because it does turn that trope on its head. And it's like, you know what? You don't actually get your discipline until a couple years in. People evolve. People evolve. And some people don't find out theirs till like 10 years later. Till they're 30. Um, <laughs> Which is a real thing. Anyway, yeah. sorry. Should I let you continue with your... I only let you get through one. <laughs> yeah. I do feel like she's a Slytherin. Um, Gryffindor would probably be her secondary house. And something she probably more reflects as she gets older and kind of grows into herself. Whereas, yeah. like, for me, I was, like, a Slytherin a lot when I was growing up. And then became way more of a Ravenclaw as I got older. Do you have any disagreements with Davy there? No, Davy's a Slytherin. 100%. Ben I put as a Ravenclaw. Which I feel like people could argue that he's also a Slytherin. Oh, no, 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 no. Okay. I am going to argue that he's a Gryffindor. And my argument for this is based on um, him going to uh, Fabiola and Eleanor to help Davy, right? Like, I think he has... I would say that's more actually of a Hufflepuff trait than it is a Gryffindor trait. I mean, I feel like it's, he is, he cares about friendship and he cares about sensitivity. It kind of reminds me of like Harry going between Ron and, uh, and Hermione and which one is that where they like get, it's the one with the ball. Is that five? Are you talking about, uh, the fourth one, Goblet of Fire, where they're like in a fight? Yeah, yeah, they're in a fight, and he's, like, going back and forth between them. And I feel like... And he's like, I'm not an owl! Yeah, exactly, exactly. I feel like... I feel like that's Ben in that moment. And also, I just feel like he's a... He's such a... I don't know. He's such a softie at heart. I think that he would be more of a Hufflepuff secondary, but I definitely think he's a Ravenclaw, because I do think he, like... He puts knowledge and wit above everything else but do you think he does that for the sake of knowledge or do you think he does that for the sake of ambition because that's the slytherin argument right 
That is a Slytherin argument. I do think he likes the pursuit of knowledge. Hmm. I do think that. Well, I suppose we'll see in season two. And Ravenclaws can be pretty fucking prideful about their work as well. Yeah, but it's it's not a status thing, right? Like, I think you look at, like, Luna, or you look at... Um, I can't remember which Patil sister is Ravenclaw and which one is... I want to say it's Parvati, but I, I could be wrong. Yeah. Um, right, like, but I feel like the Ravenclaws that we see, there is always an element of, like, knowledge for knowledge's sake, which... We'll see. I see your next one is Eleanor's Hufflepuff, and you have no arguments from me here. I also feel like we talked about it a lot already. <laughs> so Eleanor is 100,000 bajillion percent a Hufflepuff. You couldn't even really argue anything else for her. No. Fabiola, I think, is a Ravenclaw. Yeah, I definitely absolutely. don't think she feels any pride uh, or, like, like an ugly sense of pride over her intelligence. It's just a part of her. Well, and see, this is, this is the counter argument to Ben as a Ravenclaw for me, right? Like Fabiola is so clearly a Ravenclaw and she loves like her robots because she loves her robots. It's, you could definitely argue it, but I do think Ben is still a Ravenclaw, but I guess we'll have to see more before we completely stamp our foot down on him. Mm -hmm. I put both, Paxton and Trent as Gryffindors. I do hmm. feel like no matter what, they would be in the same house. Um, well, and Gryffindor is the house of people who smoke weed and do party drugs. So Trent so, belongs so there. So is Hufflepuff. Well, They're Hufflepuff next to the is where you go. That's the thing. Hufflepuff is where you go to get your munchies taken care of. <laughs> but no, neither of them is a Hufflepuff. Yeah, definitely not a Hufflepuff. Um... I, I Gryffindor, like, I, I can't even yeah. try to argue anything else for them. Trent is um, Fred Weasley. I mean, come on. <laughs> and Fred we or already, George. We already kind of brought this up earlier. Jonah, I feel like, is between a Slytherin and a Hufflepuff, which surprisingly to most people don't get is that they're actually really similar houses. They're both very loyal. They're just loyal in different ways. Yeah, I mean, Slytherin is, like, loyal to a small circle, and Hufflepuff is, like, loyal to humanity as a concept. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I Uh, buy that. But definitely Slytherin primary. For sure. For Eve, I think she would either be a Ravenclaw or a Hufflepuff. You know, I don't think we know her well enough at this point. Like, I I would have the same instincts, but I also feel like I know, like, three things about her. It's true. I do feel like, from what I do know about her, like, like, that's what I would store her in, like, on Mm -hmm. first glance. Shira, I put as a Gryffindor. Honestly, You're a thousand percent wrong about this. <laughs> here's the thing. Okay, here's the thing about Gryffindors. I'm not a big fan. Like, I love Harry okay. and Ron and Hermione, but like, that's fine. I always hate that they're like the house that everybody wants to be a part of. So that's fine, but she is obviously a Slytherin because the only reason she dates Ben is for his money. Like, she's so status conscious, so image conscious. The whole like breaking her date with him because she wants to like get her eyebrows threaded for Instagram enough or or Mm -mm. like she's not I mean she is in her own way right like she's cunning enough to know that Ben will be okay with that that like he will still suck up to her because he also to an extent wants a certain amount of status and see I see her as more of like a lavender brown kind of Gryffindor 
I mean, I hear what you're saying, but Lavender Brown wouldn't go after someone for status. She genuinely has an interest in Ron. She does. It isn't it's until, a weird it interest. Isn't until, it isn't until the Weasley is our king moment that she gives a shit about him. I I mean, I hear what you're saying, but I think Shira is a, is a Slytherin. I think you're wrong on this one. Eric, I put as a Hufflepuff. We don't really yes. know him very well, but I definitely was like, he's a Hufflepuff. Raisin he's going to want to be Hufflepuff. next to the kitchen. <laughs> Nalini, I put as a Slytherin, just like her daughter. Huh. I think Nalini might be a Hufflepuff. I think her, I think for her, it's more about, right? Like she is really focused on hard work and um, just sort of, and I think she has a very clear idea in her mind of what is the right thing, right? Like she is very family oriented, oriented in a particular way. Like, of course we're a family. We have dinner together every night. Um, those seem to me like Hufflepuff traits, the like having a pretty rigid definition of what is right and the sort of diligence and determination. Well, Slytherin is very, also very family oriented, just like obviously in a different way. And yeah. like, I don't think she's close enough to Davy, like personally to actually be a Hufflepuff. Like there's a lot of distance there, um, which well, would remind me more of like, you know, but pure I think blood that comes- family crap. I don't think that comes from, I don't think it comes from the same place. Like, I think it comes from the fact that Davy has walls and also that they've been through this trauma together, right? Like, yeah, I do feel like the other argument would obviously be a Ravenclaw. She's very studious and like, very like education is the most important thing. Um, So I could definitely see that she's definitely a little bit more of a tough person to choose. I put, for Kamala, I put Hufflepuff, though. I can see that, but I think she's a Ravenclaw, right? Like, her excitement about her program, her PhD program, and uh, just the way she approaches it, I think, feels to me... I I think she's probably a Hufflepuff secondary, but I think she's probably a Ravenclaw primary. And then the last one that I have is Mohan, which is... I put him as Gryffindor. Like, I feel like he is the very embodiment of all the positive traits about a Gryffindor. He reminds me of Harry Potter in that dumb epilogue, uh, right? Like at the end, the way he like gives advice to Davy in the like weird dream states is very much Harry Potter giving advice to his son. Yeah. And he's kind of like more of like a, I feel like a Remus kind of Gryffindor rather than like Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Harry's father. Harry's father is a very controversial character. Like he's, yeah, kind of a lot of the negative embodiments of a Gryffindor. Yeah. So also he died at like 19, so. He was a little older than that, but yeah, he wasn't that. <laughs> he I wasn't think they were pretty old. young. They were like really young when they had hair. I did the math at some point. I like... thought they were like 28 when they died. Mm-mm, I don't think so. I'm sure <laughs> someone will tell us. Uh, all right, let's let's wrap up and we can we can look at that up afterward. <laughs> yes. Um, but with that, I think we've come to the end of our show. We thank Ramona and Lee so much for joining us earlier. It was great to have them. Oh my God. The best. <laughs> Listeners, thank you for joining us. If you liked this episode, you can subscribe online wherever you get your podcasts. And you can follow us on Twitter or Instagram at NHIE underscore podcast. Bye. Bye. 
Never Have I Ever Hosted a Podcast is produced and hosted by Danny Lowry with co-host Clara Shirley Appel. Saxon Ahern is our sound engineer and Lanier Sammons wrote our theme. Mind slide. Nobody was as weird as you. <laughs>